Hello, everyone. It is that time again. It's time to chat. It's time to enter the chat with Colette and Matt. I am Matt Silverman. Welcome back to the show. I am here, as always, with the one and only Colette Bennett. I am ready to talk about the most important topic on planet Earth. Oh, it's here. It's here. We don't talk about it enough, okay? <laughs> Once a week is not enough. I, here's, here's a thought. Five days a week. I mean, hey, if you come into our Discord, you can talk about it five days a week <laughs> with true. other like-minded people. So plug, plug. <laughs> That's true. Link in the description. Before we started rolling here, Colette and I were just singing the praises of our lovely Discord community members and uh, just how nice it is to just say, hey, I was thinking about this thing or this game. What do you all think? And there's just lovely people in there thinking thinking thoughts and, and sharing their views on all the stuff that we love too. And no one and is ever so like, oh, there, that's stupid. Or, oh, that's like, right. you know, that kind of gamer shoot down mindset. Like the people in our discord are not that way. And I value that so much to have like really fun conversations with people about games, you know? And like, if, yep. if you like something that they're not so into, it's respectful. It's not like that's stupid. <laughs> I like learning about genres and stuff that uh i'm not familiar with and, and you and i get into that here but uh it's a wider pool yeah in the community yeah it really is it's cool so today we're just hanging we're going to talk about what we've been playing but first we do have a wonderful email that i'm quite excited about and this comes in from alex alex says hello colette and matt Love the podcast. The episode with God was more enlightening than my 13 years of Catholic school <laughs> and, and made my long hour drive last week more enjoyable. Thank you for that. Anywho, as fellow fans of retro games, I was wondering what y'all's opinion is on using CRT filters and fake scan lines when playing pre-HD games, especially 8-bit and 16-bit, on modern TVs, monitors. Uh, Alex goes on to say, until recently, I always wanted the cleanest image, quote unquote, and the sharpest pixels possible. And without getting too much in the weeds, I've read some online discourse that made me reconsider my stance, specifically about original artistic intent and how graphics then were made with uh, within the like the confines of blurriness and scan lines of CRTs. Uh, they were not made for the clean, ultra-sharp display. This really got me thinking, and after trying out some filters while playing retro games for a while, I have come to prefer it. Alex goes on, of course, not all filters are created equal, but I think the CRT filter on my <laughs> totally not modded SNES Classic is pretty <laughs> damn good. It's, the, it's a great way to play some of my favorites. All that said... I don't think there's any wrong or right way to enjoy these games, but I'm curious how you how you prefer and go about it. Thanks for the laughs and entertainment from Alex G. Uh, I mean, Alex G, number one, like, holy crap. Thank you for making me think about something that I don't think I've ever thought about before. Okay. I haven't like I, I did. Well, okay. So this is harking back to when I was doing my silent Hill two replay recently. And I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it. I want to play the fan remastered HD version with all the like nice texture, you know, yeah. restoration. So I played it and I really, really enjoyed seeing this 20 year old game, you know, looking so nice. But then uh, a fellow streamer friend played it not long after me and 
he didn't want to play that version. He wanted to play mm-hmm. a version that allowed him to see like the texture and grit of the game. Mm-hmm. And I really was like, this is one of those situations in which I don't know if I could say HD took away, but it it just made it kind of a different experience. And when I saw it with all that grit back on it, I was like, I kind of like how this looks. But I never, mm. I've never thought. I've never thought, ooh, maybe I should try playing like a modern game, but like see what it would be look look like like CRT style. So that kind of like sets off a little spark in my brain. Yes, I think these things are adjacent and related, but I I would differentiate them because we're talking about a remake where new assets or fan-made assets are being built into the game or the game engine itself, and that is changing the experience. But specifically with CRT, it's like the data is the same. The pixels are the same. Uh, the, car- the, the pixels from the cartridge of a NES game are the same as the data in the, in the ROM that you are playing but what's different is that they are in in the 80s and 90s they were being filtered through a CRT uh, a, a tube t- television and now if you look at those same pixels on any modern device you're seeing the same data but you're not seeing your eyes are not seeing the same image and so it's a it's a technological filter problem uh. and i and what Al- the fascinating thing that alex is is getting to here which i i love uh, quite a bit is the artists who made those pixels in 1989 made them to look a certain way on a CRT because there was no other way. Right. Those pixels now look different when on a modern device. I, I can't think of an analogy. I guess I'm. it's like, you know, Da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa by candlelight. So are we truly seeing the Mona Lisa correctly today when there's LEDs shining on her in the Louvre? Right. I, it's a stupid example, but I think it's about artists' intent versus consumer intent. And and I agree with Alex that there is no right or wrong way. Um, but I love CRT, good CRT filters. I find them fun. I find them to look and feel. It makes the pixels a bit mushier in a way that I think is warm and and nice mm-hmm. from a nostalgic point of view. I mean, they're they're for nostalgia, so I don't want to just play the nostalgia card here. Um, but also, I'm not super bothered by the quote unquote the raw pixels. I, I as someone as you know, I am obsessive about resolutions and frame rates and things like that i really am am mentally challenged when it comes to like making sure these things are perfect and and right quote unquote right and yet hey just throw a fucking instagram filter on this shit and and, and we're good to go when it comes to uh the retro stuff i'm i'm a fan i also like i you know i i, I make video for a living and i like there's a lot of cool plugins to make your video look like VHS and look All like right. uh, computer monitors. And I just, I'm just geeky about it. And I think when it's well done, I think it's fun. Nice. Well, I think That's I understood the question a little differently than you did, uh, but I feel, I feel a little clearer on it now. Um, but those things are connected. It's, it's like, Hey, did you, are, are you playing a game as the artist intended it? Or are you playing it through the lens of, fans saying what if this game looked better and played better and ran better than it could have in 
1990, what, 2001 or whatever it was. Right. That's a related question. Yeah. And, and I, I like that you went back to the original and you were like, oh yeah, you know, this, this could be, maybe this is the way. Yeah. It's funny. So <laughs> you mentioning like that obsession with, uh, you know, picture quality and uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I was having a conversation, um, with my husband recently where we were talking about like watching the older films or playing older games. And I was mm, like, I don't, mm-hmm. unless the, the games or films fall into a certain kind of timeless like style like maybe a good example would be (sighs) legend of zelda link to the past like Mm -hmm. i don't look at that game and think wow that looks old Mm -hmm. to me that style is timeless but Mm -hmm. if i go play a px px ps1 game or Mm -hmm. like it hurts my eyes i'm just like oh no and like no matter how good the game is like here's a perfect example i love the game parasite eve love it Mm -hmm. can't Mm -hmm. can't Mm want to go back and play it (laughs) have thought about going back and play it can't do it like it just is that a fashion but is it a fashion thing because when you know ps1 era polygonal games come back into fashion and they already are right i've mentioned valheim right it's a beautiful game that when you zoom in on a tree looks like you're playing a ps1 um and it's a and it's a hugely popular game uh so is that your own bias is it fashion and i think i i start to think less about does this game look good or bad and more about like does this game hold up from a mechanical or or fun point of view Mm, yeah Uh, because that's what games are for i I think for me this is this is my 59 fps fuck that because this (laughs) this is my like like no i i i don't want to go back and play a game that like looks really ugly to me like i'm just i Mm -hmm. I don't i don't want to do it don't want to do it Mm -hmm. and i don't really want to do it with a lot of films um like i don't (laughs) i'm not out there chatting about this frequently but like yeah it's one of those things where sometimes i'll see an older a trailer for an older film or something and i'll kind of be like well is there an hd remaster because like i really kind of don't want to watch it It, that's interesting you're so you're very you're very focused here on the the image quality as opposed to the Mm -hmm. content necessarily yeah like okay now you know if you sat me down and you were like we're gonna watch breakfast at tiffany's i'd be like yeah okay you know it's a classic i get it like you know i'll be fine um but yeah i'm also not particularly attracted to like older movies black and white movies like i'm just not right yeah well this is so here's what i find interesting first i i will say and i'm not an expert on this but like movies are movies they are movies as record captured on film and shown in theaters for a hundred years unless you're talking about like the 1920s or something like those are they are like 8k basically Mm -hmm. like they are film is an analog medium and it is it was created to broadcast a large picture on a large screen Mm -hmm. so like if you're if there's a film coming if you're watching a film on tv or or on a on a streaming service and it looks blurry there's something wrong you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. a, a film the the media exists and can be mastered in a way that should look great on your television mm-hmm. but I, but i'm more interested in um the old the oldness versus the newness and i i i don't like this idea where it's like 
back in the day, that's when we used to do X the right way. And now it's all shit because that's crap, obviously. But I am fat. And to that point, like we are better at making art today than we were 100 years ago. We are better at making movies and games and media because we've learned from everything that came before. Technology has advanced and you can still make a shitty ass movie Mm -hmm. in 2021. Lots of them come out. But I'm fascinated by the idea that like a person growing up today watching Marvel movies, if you then put on like Citizen Kane for them, which is all the critics and scholars agree that Citizen Kane is like one of the most important films ever made. It's boring as fuck. Like, (laughs) and it, and I'm not saying it makes no sense, but I just mean like it. It's not entertaining by today's standards. If you look at it in a scholarly way of saying like, well, the things Orson Welles did here in this shot had never been done in movies before. That is an academic observation that is quite compelling. Hmm. Am I enjoying this film in 2021? Probably not. So uh, that so this can obviously be applied to games as well. Hmm. Interesting. And I just find that... uh, really fascinating like the 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 medium the pacing the camera work the special effects the storytelling has all evolved to serve audiences better over time and so i think it's okay to look back at an old piece of media and say wow this thing did amazing it's like saying is Super Mario Brothers better than Destiny 2 or something and they are different games <laughs> too different like, you can there is there is 800 hours of entertainment in destiny 2 i assume i've never played it mm-hmm. but there is there are only eight worlds of like button pressing to do in super mario brothers super mario brothers arguably the most one of the most if not the most important watershed moments in video games ever but am i going to play 800 hours of super mario brothers 1 for the nes no. absolutely not no so that's different. That is that evolution is quite interesting. Sure. To me. Yeah, no, it really is. And and I appreciate hearing that. I appreciate hearing it positioned that way, because I think that I'm kind of more of the type to kind of think, oh, yeah, I, I just, you know, I don't I'm, I just don't really have the taste for those older films. Maybe possibly I'm missing out, you know, like by not being really into uh, into those films. So it's nice to hear kind Maybe. of a different overall like thought on it, you know? Uh, but uh, okay, let's talk about missing out in any form of media. Uh, are you missing out because you have not read every Shakespeare play <laughs> cover to cover? You know what I mean? Like the most, some of the most important literature ever put on paper. But are you missing out or can can you just be aware of them, acknowledge their importance, read a Wikipedia article and say, I'm informed. I don't need to like watch the whole play. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 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 definitely a certain way of looking at it that I did not have before this conversation. I mean, you know, yeah, we could, you know, I think you've always you always hear people who love to read say things like oh, I could never read the amount of books I want to read. Uh, mm. And, you know, that definitely 
um well right you know you it's the same read kind of everything thing. you know you can't you really just you, can't. You can't read everything can't watch everything you can't play everything uh, it's, it's a silly example but for me it, uh, one of those uh blind spots is pokemon one of the most important game franchises ever beloved by bajillions of people uh young and old and I understand it. I acknowledge it. I see its influence. I, I tr- can trace its importance culturally. But like, am I going to go back and play a GBA game from 97 or whatever? Like, You're not. I don't know that I need to because that game is ve- probably very beloved and nostalgic for many people. But if for me coming in cold, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I have to grind for how many hours to get the mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 shiny pokemon that is required to like it just doesn't have the same value to me rewinding time as it does to someone who uh is invested yeah. in in that moment sure. in time for sure yeah and then as we've talked about then you do have timeless you do have games that are like oh shit this was made in 87 holy cow mm-hmm. how is this how is this real yeah that's that's the Mona Lisa of media. Uh, <laughs> you can go to the Louvre and say like, "This was painted hundreds of years ago," and she is peering into my soul. How is that happening? Oh my god! Great, yeah. But that's not everything. Yeah, no, you're right. It's not. I feel like I've learned so much in the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is one of the reasons why I believe that one of the most valuable things that anyone can do when they're really upset about something is go have a conversation with someone else that is trustworthy and objective. I'm not upset about anything right now, but my point being yeah. is that it's so easy to get completely absorbed in the idea that your filter on life is the only one. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wait, like there's that whole dimension that I didn't even see because I can only think as me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And I appreciate you saying that. And I'm glad maybe I provided a moment of that for you here and now. But like, I'm not objective at all. I mean, none of us (laughs) truly are. But um, but I like to tease apart like, well, we think we think about is this media good or bad? And then it's like, well, hold on. Like, is this media good or bad in its time? Is this media good or bad today versus in its time? Right. I, I just, I just find, I'm not an expert. Find it. No, there needs to be context. I completely agree that context, context. the context is, is, is pretty crucial there. So. So, so, so getting back to Alex's point, um, did you ever grab the NES Classic or, or how much emulation do you do uh, these days? Uh, we do have both the NES Classic and the SNES Classic. I did play them a little bit um, at the time that we got them, but I have to admit that I haven't picked them up in quite a long time. Um, I know that there was an option to play like CRT style in those, wasn't there? There is. That's what Alex was referring to. And I think there is in... Um switch online i could be mistaken because hmm. i haven't touched that in a in a hot minute Me but um but the question for the, the final question for you because I, I like i said i'm a big fan i like i like that filter kind of evoking the crts of the past hmm. did you ever feel compelled to switch that on or are you not even it's not even a i think it would a, more a thing i think i did switch it on and i think for me it's more of like a, oh neat i remember that and then like switching back to the regular <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much who i am as a gamer so all right all right all right i like it i like it alex thank you for the question and the comments here we really appreciate it uh please send in yours crts what are you playing 
preferences, old media, new versus new media, uh, send it on in to have entered the chat at gmail.com. But right now, we're going to talk about what we are currently video gaming. What do you got? Oh, me? Okay, I go first then. Yeah. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I'm me? like, hey, what are you playing? And you're like looking around the room like, what, hmm? <laughs> oh, you mean me? Me. Okay. Um, yeah, so I have been... The last, so to hop back just a second to kind of explain a little bit, uh, I had a few mm-hmm. weeks where I was traveling and so I wasn't able to keep up with my regular stream schedule and it kind of felt just like, like not being on track for me a little bit. So when I got back, I was like thinking it over and I was like, okay, you know, what do I really want to do? And I, one thing I really wanted to bring back was what I call Mormon Mondays on my stream, which is pretty much like a hard devoted night. So not too long ago, and I think I may have talked about this on the podcast, there were some rumors flying around that the developers Bloober team, who were based out of Poland, um, had uh, p- potentially might be working on the next Silent Hill. And there's been mm-hmm. no like formal confirmation of that, but there is a formal confirmation that they're working on a project with Konami. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're horror developers, so people are like, okay, two and two. Yeah. They're, they're connect, connecting the dots. Right. Yeah. So for me, I was like, well, I really only know one thing Bloober's done, and it had great atmosphere, but I wasn't nuts about the story. So I'm curious to go back and play some of their other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I played through Layers of Fear 1, which I really, really enjoyed. And it was like, wow, I'm I'm so glad I went back and discovered this. And then I was like, you know, I want to kind of keep going through their catalog. So I decided to go ahead and pick up Layers of Fear 2, um, mm-hmm. which very much has the same similar kind of navigation. So if you play Layers of Fear 1, you know it's first person. You're kind of navigating through this, this old house that seems to have all these eternal layers and horrible places that you can end up in. And you're just like... It's it's great. Just what just what I want out of a horror game, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this game moves the atmosphere to a ship, which like gives me such anxiety in the first place because I hate oh. I hate like ocean liner style ships. Huh. I've been huh. on one okay. once and I never want to go again. I do. This is like do, modern in the game. It's like a modern day thing. No, it's not it's like, like a pirate ship or anything. Old fashioned like like liner ship that they're on like Titanic kind of. Yes. Not quite that old, like, but like, or or fancy, but yeah, a ship. So I'm like, fuck. Okay. okay, I'm lost at sea this time. And you play the role of an actor who is coming to do coming to work with some sort of very erratic director. And that is like, you know, it's funny. The first game, the story was pretty straightforward as far as like the perimeters. So this game is different because say so far at the point i'm at the story feels weaker than the first one because it's not as formed Hmm. so like Hmm. i showed up i was like okay i'm an actor i'm on this ship i'm doing this project for this nutty director and then like everything just went fucking haywire and (laughs) i don't even know if we're making a movie anymore i keep finding Mm -hmm. all these objects like where i hear children who i think are stowaways talking and like Hmm. maybe the story is going to come together a little longer like as I play a little bit more, I think I'm about, I would say maybe like four hours in and I'm not sure how long it is, but I, I said on the stream uh, Monday that it feels to me like a polished haunted house on a boat simulator, okay, which is okay. not bad because no, I, w- I was going to say, yeah, it's not bad. Like, like, and that leads me to the next thing, which is the last playthrough, especially that I just had, I was like, 
oh my fucking God, like this is so dark and so <laughs> inventive that I didn't okay. realize that there were developers making horror games that were quite on this level of like, like they get me, they really get me. Like uh, I was playing it and I was like yeah. shaken up by some of the things okay. that happened. And I mean, I can blast through a zombie game, uh, you know, a, sh- a shooter game, any kind of, I can blast through all these different types of horror games and just be like, yeah, whatever. Like uh-huh. I enjoy it, but I'm not scared. But mm-hmm, I was like, this mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. this is genuinely like unnerving, um, okay. which is great. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm, yeah. that's what I'm there for. Um, well, that's what I was saying. It sounds like it's delivering on what you were, what you wanted from it, this. It's, it's, it, it took four hours, but it, but it's, but it's finally starting to pay off. Maybe well, that yes. And also, no, I'd say, I'd say I felt from the beginning, cause I was so impressed with layers. If you're one, I was like, okay, yeah. we're probably going to go a little further here, but how much further they went like into mm-hmm. the dark is like, whoa, t- shit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um i respect mm -hmm. you guys you know so my respect for them is really growing and i'm also really looking forward to playing um observer which is the next game that would be on my to-do list to play from them after i finish this um and observer is a really interesting like premise um it it's it's psychological horror, just like you know all the other stuff they do, um, and like you're in like a dark cyberpunk world in the future that has been like blasted by like war and plague and whatever, and you're a neural detective that hacks into people's minds. Oh, and I was okay. like, man, great freaking like that's my kind of like setting setting and i was like yeah cool so i'm gonna do that one after i complete this one um but suffice to say that i was so so pleased to find that you know they've been under my nose they've been making games for a while but they've been under my nose the whole time and i discovered something and of course all the games are fairly inexpensive too because they've been out for a while Right, right. So it definitely like hyped my excitement for whatever they're doing with Konami Silent Hill or not. But mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. it was a nice feeling to be like, wow, this is solid horror. This is exactly the kind of horror that I'm looking for. And it's really creative and it's really unusual. And like some of the options they went with to kind of create like an overall feeling of like dread are just terrific. And I love that, you know, so it's, it's been a refreshing, <laughs> it's been refreshing to be unnerved by the game. Um, yeah, yeah, but I get that. I get that. Yeah. You know, and just kind of have a developer that's making horror that I'm taking a little bit more seriously. Um, I also am super excited because last night, uh, I discovered at the end of my, my day, I discovered a, another, um, another game that I really want to try. It's by the folks that made the game detention, which I have not played yet and is on my to-do list, but this game is called devotion. And oh, it, deten- detention. Yeah. yeah. With this, like the school, uh, uh, the, uh, is it set in Korea? I think it's set or? in Korea. That's and we have that game on a, on a console and I haven't played it yet, but I found mm-hmm. out yesterday that they made another game called devotion. And this game was pulled from the steam store. 
for like oh. being too disturbing, which I was like, give me! Really? <laughs> but the, the summary says, Devotion is a first-person atmospheric horror game depicting the life of a family shadowed by religious belief. Explore a 1980s Taiwan apartment complex lost in time, gradually shift into a hellish nightmare. Delve into the vows each member of the family has made and witness their devotion. I was like, oh my God, you made this game for me. Everything in that is so my jam. <laughs> Is it is it back on Steam or how are you getting it some other way? Uh, the company um, is called Red Candle Games and they have a shop where you can purchase that. Wow. And that's the only way you can buy it. Like it's not on Steam. It's not what on could possibly What could possibly be so, uh, I mean. I don't know, but your girl is excited. Know. Let me tell you that. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, give mm. it to me. <laughs> so that's what actually what possibly... I'm going to be playing on stream tomorrow night. Can't I would be wait. really interested to know what is what is so disturbing about a game that it would be pulled from Steam, a platform that has plenty of like, uh, pornography. Like extreme uh, pornography. I, yeah, I, I also yeah. would really like to know that. Um, but and, and violence. I mean, I've only ever heard of uh, what was the name of that? It was a hatred or something. Like there was one game that was just like oh, I remember that truly uh, like. Violence is violence and blood and guts, but it was a lot of like, I'm going to murder children with this gun in a school. I, I, I don't want to misrepresent it, but it was so, I remember it was so, it. so much. I remember that way back when. That they pulled it down or whatever it was. Oh, I see what it is. Uh, <laughs> I looked it up on my phone. Um, mm -hmm. Unavailable to buy a following controversy over a reference to Chinese premier Xi Jinping has put it. Oh. So it was not Xi Jinping. Oh. Oh, I see. The game was lauded for its atmosphere and originality, but drew controversy after users noticed an in-game poster that read Jinping Winnie the Pooh moron. G uh, is commonly so compared to Winnie Steam the Pooh in online yeah, games. Yeah, well, that's this is very common criticism of the uh, Chinese, whatever he is, president, yes, chairman, whatever. China's online censors. China's China. Anyway, <laughs> why would that affect? But why would Steam, a U.S. company serving a global audience, kowtow to that? Like, I block it in China because China right. is China. But like, why can't you, a U.S. customer, get this game on? That's weird. I would like At to know time, more about Red that. At the time, Red Candle said it was removing devotion for technical and QA-related reasons and would also review our game material once again, making sure no other unintended materials were inserted in. The game never returned to Steam, and Red Candle later apologized for its severe art material mistake. Mm, are they a ch Chinese or, or Asian developer? You no, know, I'm not sure. I would assume possibly so, though, based on the content of their games. Um, Interesting. But I'll, have to, I'll have to look them up and, and find out. I literally had no idea that this company existed until yesterday. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm eager to... to okay. I'm, I'm like, what kind of crazy blood and guts craziness is going to be in this game? And it's like, no. They're Taiwanese. I just looked it up. That, well, okay. Taiwanese so there's, developer. Obviously, there's political yeah. complications here yeah. very interesting um oh my so my other question about bloober was like um why do you think they're basically their entire catalog of highly regarded horror games slipped your radar what what, what, what happened there that's over a really the years good question you? it it's weird it's like uh 
you know, I will say that I kind of, as much as I love horror games, I feel like when I started streaming is when I really embraced horror mm. in a bigger mm-hmm. way because there's mm-hmm. a streamer that I really, really like. Um, her name is Gab Smolders, and she is bilingual. So she has, um, she speaks English and Japanese. I think she actually speaks a couple other languages, but uh, she is, was for a really long time, primarily a horror game streamer. And I was like, that's, that's what I want to be. That's me right there. Like <laughs> I, I want that. Um, maybe not to be as famous as she is. Cause she is pretty famous and, uh, I wouldn't want to be that famous anywhere. Well, she's got a, that name. Yeah. Gab Smulders, right. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. There's that. How could you not be famous there's, with a name? Like that? That. I mean, is that, a, is that her real name or is that, uh, I mean, is that her, her real name, name is like Gabrielle something. I think that's just was like uh-huh. her, uh, no, actually, her real name is Evelyn Smolders. So her last name oh, is okay. well, she's Dutch. Um, cool. But but yeah, I just admired so much that there was like a girl playing not just like the horror games we know here in America, but like she was rooting out all these Japanese horror games and playing yeah, them. That's and cool. that's so cool. I spent a lot of time watching her streams before I decided to become a streamer. Um, and at first, I wanted to be like a straight up horror streamer, but then I was like, oh, I'm doing art too. I kind of want to do that too. Um, so. <laughs> I don't want to say it's an obligation of a of the media or an influencer or whatever, but so, so I'm not I'm not putting that hard a line on it. But I do appreciate the idea that if you have influence and you are uh, you have and expertise about a certain thing, media, whatever, that it is good for the world to do that extra work and say like, what about this thing that no one knows about? Or have you tried this rather than just play like the AAA game that everyone knows and there's space for that too. And that's great. But it's, it's, we, the audience are looking to you streamer to find cool stuff that we would not and she does otherwise see. like so and many that's a wonderful horror thing. games like i guarantee you if i was still regularly watching her stuff or even back then if i had watched her stuff she would have been like hey you need to play devotion like i, I guarantee you mm-hmm. i would have already heard it but i haven't kept up mm-hmm, with her as right. much recently so i've right. lost that right. you know regular but yeah the amount of horror games out there especially from indie directors who are just doing insanely fascinating stuff uh yeah, really exciting. So yeah, exciting stuff. Maybe I'll become a full-time horror streamer after all. You never know. <laughs> sure, sure. It's it's making me also think that like because horror is not necessarily about graphics or fidelity, it's about mood, it's about tension, mm-hmm. uh, it's about design, you know. Um, those are the things that indies can pull off because, you know, like they, they don't have hundred person teams they sometimes it's one person or five five people Mm -hmm. and so there are ways we've seen this in other genres you know there are ways to craft a a very compelling game without the heavy heavy duty lifting that is that a triple a studio is required and i feel like uh some horror games probably are 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 they 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 are they are they are able to exist because of those Mm -hmm. um limitations you know what i mean yeah no absolutely i i totally could see that man oh man i'm excited i can't i cannot wait to play this game but anyway i'll I'll, I'll be doing that tomorrow so it'll be fun good excellent enjoy it thank you Uh, i'm just glad i'm glad you found it's nice to 
be going about your your life and you're playing this game or that game and then you find one that you're like oh yeah that lights your fire you're like yeah yeah i'm i'm definitely feeling that way right now like i love when i find a game that suits me that perfectly so but Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. speaking speaking of found a game that suits me uh perfectly i i really am excited to hear about uh about final fantasy and your final fantasy experiment the experience um you know listeners will know that you and i talked have talked extensively about the gaps in my personal final fantasy knowledge because i've never owned a playstation console so as they moved away from sadly i remember feeling like ah, why is final fantasy not a nintendo thing yes. why is it a playstation it thing was, that sucks it was once i wonder how what because i'm not gonna buy both like what was the story of that i wonder like when did when did nintendo when did it move from nintendo to like sony and why totally yeah. I'd be curious. Yeah, uh, there is a there is a corporate story. There's a book there. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming, and maybe it's as simple as like Sony gave them this truck of money instead of that bag of money that Nintendo was offering. Who can say? Mm-hmm. But it was it was a bummer because six is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven was PlayStation, so I never played it. But then got it on PC some years later and didn't i didn't have the same like amazing experience as i did in the in the older days of final fantasy but um remembered enjoying it and that was it i it is possible outside of like light emulation or dabbling in tactics or whatever uh you know mobile games or whatever here and there it's it's probably the case that I have not played a proper Final Fantasy game since a janky PC experience <sighs> on Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> and that's where it ended for me. And the DNA of these games is in many other games that I very much enjoy sure. and have enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. But there's just that that window. Um, gosh, I remember going to college and getting paired up with a lovely roommate who had a PS whatever with him. Uh, brought it to school and was like, "Yeah, I love ten. I love eleven. I'm loving these. These are my games." Or eight. He was he was playing eight a lot, and I was like, "Man, like I never played those. Like, what are those like? You know, kind of thing." Mm-hmm. And then I and then I failed out of college. And that was uh, <laughs> a different story. Uh, so so a lovely a lovely guy who I did not become close to because we just went our separate ways. But um, yeah, it was just a missing link for me. So then I asked you. Like, well, hey, they're all on Switch now. And hey, they, they, some of these are on sale. Which one should I get? Mm-hmm. And uh, you correctly recommended 12, this, even though it's not your personal favorite. Uh, but you thought it would be the one for me. And as I mentioned, maybe it was last episode with Aaron, um, who is also a fan. You know, it's, it's a warm JRPG blanket. It is everything yep. I remember from though that series uh but of course um you know and that not modernized by today's standards but adding layers and systems in there that are new new, were new to the franchise at the time probably are not currently in the franchise Mm -hmm. the job system and such Mm -hmm. but honestly the first thing i was blown away with is like 
the cinematics and the character design it what, what's happening as i'm sure you recall is like there's in-game stuff with, that looks like ps is this is ps2 final yes. fantasy 12 i probably should have looked that no up. it is it is in game as as you were alluding to earlier is ps2 era you know low texture low poly by today's standards stuff but then it cuts to cinematics that like look fantastic mm-hmm. they it looks like an animated film that you could put on disney plus today and have a great time with yeah truly beautiful stuff yeah. um and the setting is just cool it's rad it is and, I, and you sold it to me. It was like, it's medieval, it's swords and sorcery, but also there is some technology going on here because we have airships and they're not magic floaty airships. They are like techno airships, yeah. you know, it's, it's not cyberpunk, but it's, it's this hybrid kingdoms and empires, swords and shields, plus, uh, plus the airship stuff, which, um, you know, Final Fantasy is known for. Yeah. And I am always wary of mixing those mythologies together, but I think it's pretty rad here. Yeah. Um, Digging the characters, digging the setting. And it's just nice to boot up a game like this on Switch and it just runs flawlessly. Like, of course, it is. It is. uh, It is a game from the early 2000s, so it has its it has its low resiness in some places, but like it just works and it's just it's just That's it just so cool runs so nicely and you can you can you can suspend it and you could boot it up again and you're in there and they're not a not a frame to be dropped that it's beautiful the coolest i love hearing that it like even though this was not like my favorite final fantasy like i had a feeling that if you got into this that it was going to tempt me to play it again and that's exactly how i feel mm-hmm. right now <laughs> do you remember do you, i don't know if i've said it here but do you remember as a kid being like wow, this game is so big and epic and it's so complicated and only a PS2, the the most cutting edge technology could run this amazing game. But like, didn't you just wish that like you could play it on a Game Boy or didn't you just wish, I don't know why I thought this or had this feeling, but I just had this thought as a dumb kid where I was like, (laughs) what if Remember the toys and the prizes you could get out of a cereal box where oh, you'd like get yeah. a shitty cereal and you'd be like, what's the prize going to be? And I, as a dumb kid, I was like, one day there'll be video games you could get from a cereal box. <laughs> I love it. And like that has not actually come true, but it sort of has because there are amazing, beautiful games you can get for free in your pocket right now in 2021 and how cool is that how cool is that for like it's pretty damn cool i i want to stop and appreciate how cool that is because the kids today won't appreciate that they can play you know final fantasy 12 for sure in their pocket yeah you know and so i'm i'm taking a moment to have gratitude for that the, the coolness of that absolutely and i'm having fun yes your 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 inner child loves that you thought about that there you go there you go there you go so so here my thoughts here on 12 is that the world building is complex and interesting i'm i'm having a hard time the the beginning of the story is you know it's, it's there's an empire oppressing or invading another land and you know certain factions are fighting back but i you know but there are many people who are sympathetic to the it's not quite a resistance or a rebellion just yet in the story, but like 
it's super classic. It's very mm-hmm. Star Wars where it's like the evil empire. And, and this was always, these were always themes in Final Fantasy, you know, the returners in, in six and, and, and such things, things, things like that. Um, but I'm having a little trouble they don't do a, like a very thorough job of, of explaining who, which characters are, uh, uh, have allegiance to which faction. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like ga- gaining characters in the party and I'm like, this one says this is a he's a traitor, but he's not a traitor. But how do we know who's done what? And and so my hope here is that either I'm tired and I'm missing stuff, <laughs> or which which is probably what's happening, or that it's just early. It's just early in the story, and everyone's uh, allegiances and factions will become uh, much more clear and crystallized. I'm sure that's the case. How far in are you? I would. I don't know exactly an, an hour count, but like 10 hours 20 hours no right like earlier yeah, oh, okay. no i would say i would say five to eight maybe um which is perhaps a little misleading because there is i mentioned this previously there's a there's a speed up uh function where uh you gotta walk across this desert and fight 200 enemies that are pretty easy Let's just press fast forward, right? And you can zip toward that's forward. That's super that. so cool. That's super. It's cool. outstanding. It's a great feature of this remaster remake. And so, I might be like ten hours into the story of the game as it plays, but perhaps only clocking eight hours of gameplay because I have because of the forwarding, some okay. of the sloggy gotcha. stuff. So okay, yeah, we'll I think, see. We'll I see. I think you can get further in. My memory, as fuzzy as it is of this game, is that the world is complex, but Mm -hmm. uh the for my personal taste the the characters backgrounds were never fleshed out enough i've been told that if i would hang in past the 40 hour point which is when i quit that i would see more of that but i was like i've had it at 40 hours you you better you better (laughs) not be wasting my time like come on so yeah that was my overall take but um i'll be curious to see what yours was i've never finished you never you never rolled credits on it. Okay. Absolutely not. No, I got actually got, <laughs> you know, what pissed me off maybe the most is because I specifically found two characters, Fran and Balthier, to be like some of the most fascinating, well-drawn characters. And I wanted to know so much more about them. And I just never got it. Um, yeah. But I'll be curious as you proceed to see whether or not you got it after you hung in long enough. Um, yeah, I really like those characters. They are like the Sky Pirates. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand, you know swashbuckling sky pirate who's only in it for the money okay han solo we get it like that's him fran i don't fully there seems to be a cultural backstory because she looks different and also like you know does does fran hold up uh, in a post um you know 2021 me too kind of world like she's Hmm. basically naked wearing high heels and a bunny costume and i assume this is like she comes from a different country and that's what they look like in that country but it is it is not uh, the most, um, you know, uh, um, what do I want to say here? Like progressive uh, sure. depiction of a female character sure. in a video game. Well, so. Final Fantasy are not very good at that on the whole. But um, <laughs> I will say that my quitting point came when we went to her hometown. And I was okay. like, oh, my God, we're going to f- I'm finally going to get. I'm finally going to get the backstory about this fascinating character that I want to know more about. Uh-huh. And I got jack shit. Okay, and I was mad about that go. twenty years ago. So, which is which is a because 
then to what that signals to me is like there was no intention to create a rich backstory here she's just the sexy character you know what i mean and that's right. that's going to be a disappointment you also here. need to remember that this was my first square enix game after mm-hmm. you know a history of playing squaresoft and my favorite game of the whole series 10 being the prior mainline entry mm-hmm. so i was like mm-hmm. very very pissed anyway Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> very very you, you high expectations in, you know skeptical so I'm, and, I'm totally and, yeah. i would never be like oh my god this game sucks i i i am really curious because another really good friend of mine at one point was like 12 is my favorite i love the music i love the world and like yeah. i i realized that if the story is more about the world and less about the people i don't care mm-hmm. yes you, you you framed it that way for me uh even before i went in and I get that it's, I don't want to say one is more important than the other. I need a good story character game in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Cause so much of what I play elsewhere is like grind out that loot mm-hmm. next mission, next, next mission kind of stuff. So I, there was a, there was a gap in my, in my world where I needed to like cozy up with a switch mm-hmm. and go on an adventure. And I'm, you know, I guess I was worried because like Final Fantasy, especially those older games are linear, you know, they are just, they are novels. And it's like, you, you get to a town and there's one weapon shop (laughs) and it has, it has five more damage than the town before. And that is the progress you make in a Final Fantasy game. And I, in a world of like, infinite customization and modular and class systems and go wherever you want kind of games that I really have grown to love that linearness linearity, whatever Mm -hmm. is feels old and bad to me. Mm -hmm. But then, so I was worried that I would be put off by it. And I guess I, I am to an extent, but I'm, I'm coming at this game saying, no, this is what it is, and I'm just here for it, and I'm just here for story and and whatever, and uh, and so I was pleasantly surprised to, to to learn about this job system, which is really interesting. Where so like you get a character, and they start with basic weapons, and then it's like, all right, if you want to upgrade your character, you got to choose a job, and then there's a whole license system where the job be- the job board becomes a branching tree where it's like, okay, if you want to use the next weapon, you can't just buy the weapon. You have to own the weapon, and you have to also upgrade the license through LP, which is license points oh, or whatever, right. which is like experience points. Yep. And it's – so I have – I like it and I also found it a little weird for these reasons. One is like you can kind of sp- it's a it's a more dynamic way to spec your character besides like level I'm at level 13 now. Now I can do more stuff or I have slightly more hit points. Like that's there too, but the LP system is like, you know what? I really wish this character had a healing spell cuz that's what I really need right now so I can spend instead of spending my LP on up, you know, hey, unlocking this weapon, I can spec the tree toward healing magic and then shoot and then make sure I have that healing spell because that's going to help me strategically with this party system. So despite the linearity, the linearness of it, I there is still a strategic layer that I am finding interesting and compelling 
And I hope that it gets crazier and crazier as we go. That's my, I I don't want it to get stale where you're just like cure one, cure two. Mm -hmm. Like I hope it gets more interesting than that. Yeah. And then my other question about it is like, you get a character and I don't know shit about this character and I don't understand what their stats or their weapons mean. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, pick a job from this wheel of 20 jobs. And I'm like, (laughs) I I don't don't know. know. What if this character is quote unquote supposed to be a knight, but I choose, you know, red mage or something like, sure. And I know you can't break the game, but like, but if you can have a little bit more yeah no i totally get that clue and that harkens back on um job system stuff from earlier final fantasies i think right Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. so i don't know how that was handled because there's several in the in before six i don't i think i haven't played i haven't played three haven't i know there's certain there's certain job ones where it's like well yeah how do you choose or is there any guidance or are you literally just like, I'm just going to just do whatever I feel like doing, you know? And that's cool. Look, if you can get a, I guess I'm trying to parse the difference between like, it's cool if you get a character A and you can turn her into whatever you want. Like that's, you know, if you play Skyrim, you can do whatever you, if you like bows, then you can spec into bows and that's cool. But like, I don't think it's that. I think the game quote unquote wants you to spec a certain way and i guess i'm worried that like you're gonna do it wrong i'll do it wrong which i know is not you can't really do it wrong but there is a part of the min max maxiness of me of like oopsie i chose a knight for a character that's really weak and is much more attuned to magic or whatever yeah so it's a a stupid concern no i don't think it's stupid at all it's it's i think it's about the style in which you you play games um and i wonder actually if like I never got deep into the job system. I didn't really, the final fantasies that are my favorites are not really job system oriented ones. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so it makes me specifically wonder, Oh, well, uh, you know, surely there are people who have like figured out, you know, the job system and how to get the most out of it. So maybe, maybe a guide or something would help. I'm trying, but I see, I feel like I want to, I have, I have Googled a bit just to make sure I'm making the, you know, okay choices, but I really would like to not do that okay. uh, if I can. Okay. So I'm 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 wrestling with that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I can understand that. I mean, it's it's tough. You know, um, <laughs> you don't want to be spoiled. But at the same time, if the game gives you no guidance, I feel like you're like, well, right, right. And I just I wonder in the PS2 era, you know, how players coming at it knew. I mean, I guess there were certainly forums at that time, but yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> playing a game as god intended rather than uh looking online um but you know aaron on our previous episode was like hey have you done the gambit system yet and i at that time i was like oh i think there was some you know toggle that was like gambits on or off but i don't know what they are and since then i of course have uh been you know the game brings you into those systems and i agree with him i think it's really compelling and really interesting because most other games are like you're do it's an action game you're swinging a sword you're doing an action now or it's a turn-based system where it's now this character's turn and choose the action at this juncture but the gambit system is an a you are programming an ai uh which 
sounds super boring to I think most mainstream players, and I, I presume it had its detractors in its time. Mm-hmm. I think it's very cool because you're setting, you're saying if this happens, if an ally has less than fifty percent health, then heal them. But you're also setting priorities, which is like, well, yes, if a if a if a ally is lower than fifty percent, we definitely need to heal them right away. So that's top priority. But if they are not below fifty percent, then you're not doing that action. So please attack, <laughs> attack the nearest enemy, and it's a system of logic gates, which is then tied into your job licensing tree. So, so what was what I in my mind, and then the menus do this too. The license tree is a is a two axis system. So you are you're unlocking and equipping spells and techniques and weapons and syst- and things. That you then pro, you know, in a in a two directional matrix, right? You're going you're going across this checkerboard, and then in the gambit system, it's a linear AI if then system that employs the techniques that you have unlocked. And I also, it's it's kind of tedious, but I kind of like the idea that that oh no no you can't just level up and unlock the things. You need to go to the town and buy the criteria hmm. or buy the weapon to then fit all these pieces together and again i hope that it's because right now it's kind of like attack the nearest enemy Mm -hmm. with the sword you are holding like that's the the, and 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 heal your party when they need healing sure that's the extent of these routines that are currently running on my current characters but what i hope to see is like oh well i have really specced out in this direction and i've acquired this great weapon from town c let me deploy this strategy and see if it's going to work in this party build. And I hope it delivers on that. Cause like, if not, what are we doing here? If it's, <laughs> if it's very just like get the biggest sword and always do attacking things with the biggest sword, then like, that'll be a bit of a disappointment. But I, I have faith that the, that the systems are growing in complexity, even in my short time with it, that, 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 that it will pay off in that way. Yeah. So I'm excited. And one thing I would suggest is if you enjoy it and you're like, you know, maybe I'll play another Final Fantasy or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. right away or maybe not. Um, I think that Final Fantasy 15 Royal Edition is real awesome. Like that was okay. my first Square Enix Final Fantasy that I was like, okay. But okay. they brought back some of the writers for 10 to write the story. Okay. And I was like, that- okay, I'll come for that. And I did, <laughs> you know, and you know, I think it's, it's <laughs> fucked up that a lot of people were like, oh, it's the boy band final fantasy because what it really is, is a story about friendship and male bonds that in my opinion, hmm. really presented something very different for the series. And hmm. I, I really love that. It was very much like a brotherhood kind of vibe. Um, okay. And uh, you do get to see the characters over an expanse of years at one point that really kind of nails that home. I absolutely loved it. The characters are incredibly well-written and have great backstories. And those backstories get even better if you play the additional DLC content for each of them. Like, I mean, I'm talking like out of the park, kicked it out of the park. So good. Nice. So that's something to consider looking at. But there's also a big... uh, a big complex, you know, story about warring nations too. So it's like, you kind of got some of everything in there. Makes me want to replay it really does. I would, I would be so hesitant 
without your recommendation because I don't want I don't want a convertible car in my Final Fantasy game. <laughs> and you know some people saying? don't. But whereas I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, like <laughs> I, I was all about it, you know, because that was something that appealed to me. But yeah, uh, but yes, if you don't want that in your game, that that maybe might not mean I'm being silly. I'm be, I, you know, spaceships or and or dragons. No cars. <laughs> I don't want cars. And what is this? Grand Theft Auto, Final Fantasy, you know, but I'm being I'm being very silly and dumb. Uh, 15 is, uh, PC and PlayStation. Like what, what if this is not on switch? I, no, I, I don't. Well, right? actually I could be wrong, but I don't it's too think new. so. Yeah. I believe okay. I, I played it on PS4 and then I know that when uh-huh. Royal came out, Royal was for, I believe, I believe Royal has a PS5 version maybe. And also mm-hmm. PC. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I gotta mm-hmm. buy that. I gotta buy the PC version at some point. Um, mm-hmm, just because, mm-hmm, you know, once mm-hmm. you have a PC, you're like, I want to play everything on PC. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. so, so that, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, terrific, truly, truly terrific. I am, I am, this is going to be my story comfort blanket JRPG game for the time it, 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 it has whatever, if this is a 30, 40 hour game, I'm going to enjoy oh, that. It's longer than that. And, uh, great. Great. Did good. Um, and I will then decide if I want another one of those mm-hmm. or, or not. And so, but, but I would be eager to then, if the answer is yes, I'd be eager to, to get one of the ones I missed and, and, and continue on switch. You know what I mean? Of like, course. Yeah. Cause it's just such a nice platform to play on. But of course, yeah. if you, uh, decided to purchase or reserve the steam deck, you know, you can always play your next final fantasy laying in bed with the steam deck instead. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I hear, I hear your voice like, eh. here's, uh, here's, here's where I'm at. The more I think about it, the more I think it's a great, awesome thing that I'm excited to exist. And I think it's great. I I just don't, as I've said here, I don't need it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my money is probably better spent elsewhere elsewhere on games that I can play on my great PC and enjoy them on a great PC. Sure. And and so that's, I might skip it, but talk to me in, uh, talk to me in December. <laughs> but the other thing that is very silly and adjacent to it is the play date, which goes, which is, up for pre-orders today and i'm actually waiting for an email to come in uh are you familiar did we talk about it at all i don't think so the play date is made by panic which is a game publisher that they published untitled goose game and, and some other quirky fun things and it is a beautiful bright yellow handheld <gasps> game boy-esque oh wait pa- device. patrick showed it to me yeah 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 and what is what I think is magical about this is that it is so beautiful and cute. It is a piece of art hardware that I do not need, <laughs> and the, but I I just want to touch it and put it on my desk. <laughs> but the other thing that I think is really lovely about this is like it's not a it's not a steam deck like competitor it's not a switch competitor it's not like this is going to be my gaming platform it is this delightful sort of like i got my play date and it's got four games on it and then a month from now or two weeks from now i'm going to get a notification and it's going to say 
hey, here's another game that you can play now. And you're going to be like, okay, I don't know what this is, <laughs> but I'm going to play right. it and I'm going to check it out. And it might suck or it might be great. And just that sort of like surprise and delight, like, isn't this fun? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to leave this on my desk as a beautiful clock. Like, it, it could be a clock. To, it's like a game and watch, but it plays 20 games instead of one game. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And just this, like, you just wake up and you go about your, you know, like that feeling in Animal Crossing where you're like, dum, 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 dum. Oh, my. Whoa, there's a there's a pagoda in the shop today. That's so cool. I need to have it. I do. I think that's what this is. And I, 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 I think I kind of want it. I, <laughs> I do not that. need it. Well, but that's, it's okay to want things you don't need. Uh, yeah. Right? Maybe. Isn't it? I, I mean, so. isn't there some yeah. fun of being a human being that is that? I don't need Red Dead Redemption 2, but it was on sale and one day I will play it. So now it is mine. Yeah. And I'm, mean, looking, f I'm looking I, forward to it. I just don't see it, anything I, the matter with that. I just think that, you know, there, there are some, <laughs> and especially for gamers, there's so much to choose from. I just think it's kind of a nice, wonderful thing, you know, sometimes to be like, shoot. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this thing that I don't need at all, but I want, and it's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think what I'm telling myself here is even if all 20 or 40 games from this subscription and you don't pay extra, there's no fees or anything. You just, you buy the thing. It's $180 mm -hmm. and then you get all the games comes to you. And then maybe they'll have more seasons of games in the future, which would be cool and fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's an, uh, I don't know exactly the technology. It's a, it's a screen that is not backlit. So it's a very small, oh. very sharp, beautiful screen that you cannot see in the dark. It's like looking at a Kindle or something. Neat. Okay. That's cool. It is. It's cool, right? Yeah. And so I'm telling myself that all these games will come to the device. I'll probably dabble and look at a few of them and they'll be cool, cool and cute. And I'll probably never play any of those games again, but so? I will look on my desk and look at this beautiful, sexy little retro future clock with a crank on it and a, <laughs> and a, a and a B button. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad this cool thing is in my house is mm -hmm. kind of what I'm, thinking about right now yeah i think that's okay so you're you're saying it's okay to go for it uh-huh i give you full permission to go for it <laughs> giving you permission I to enjoy yourself just because <laughs> just because you can because because we can and then and then i think i will look at the steam deck arguably a much more valuable and you and uh, utilitarian thing that that really is has uh, a lot of value to someone like me and say no it just doesn't fit in the current landscape of my my home right now and that's also okay. that's gonna be okay too also yeah. totally okay <laughs> so that's it that's where i am so i'll keep you posted on um on final fantasy 12 I am now also as I get to the end game and enjoy the end game of Deep Rock. I am really starting to Jones for the next like 
co-op action grind game and i don't know what or why i thought of it but i was just like wait is sea of thieves good (laughs) i saw that in the discord and And i was like you know you could literally just ask people in the discord and be like you guys want to play like i'm surely i was already looking at it and going well maybe i would try it like you 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 don't have to play alone You're literally in a room of people like that are like, we like video games too. So well, just, great. I mean, know. that's cool. But also like, I just, I don't know anything about this game, but I was just suddenly remembering like, oh, maybe Sea of Thieves is like deep rock on the ocean. And I pulled up of some videos or I was watching a Twitch stream and like, you know how we were talking about um, Wind Waker about how Wind Waker has this illusion of being a very open, like you get the ship in Wind Waker and then you just sail and you're like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I'm on the open sea and I could go anywhere. And I'm looking at Sea of Thieves and I'm like, that ocean looks good. (laughs) And so now I am, so now I'm saying, I'm going to keep going Deep Rock. I'm going to play Final Fantasy XII. And when, Sea of Thieves goes on sale, which it does every two weeks or so. <laughs> You'll buy it. I'm going to grab it. Yeah. And I'm going to save that 20 bucks and tell myself, yeah, this is going to be my next one. I think it's going to be <laughs> happening. I love it. We'll see. <laughs> That's the, great. The way, the way that you got excited about, uh, uh, not Devotion. What was the other one? Was it Devotion? The one by um, that uh, that Taiwanese uh, team. You devotion, just talked about yes. It. Not, it's not devotion. Layers. Devotion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you were like, oh my God, this is my, this is totally my game. Mm-hmm. And this is totally going to be my next game. Yes. Yeah. That feeling, I'm getting it from uh, Sea of Thieves. And I think this Sea of Thieves seems to have matured, like meaning like, I think some criticism early on was like, it's really fun with a bunch of friends and you do the same three missions over and over again and that's the game. And then as all live service games do, they added this thing and they added that thing and then here's a new ship and here's a new customization. And and so now me as a noob coming in mm-hmm. three years later, I think I will have an, I will, there will be a lot of meat there to yeah, enjoy. That's what I'm sure. and excited about. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll Love see. It. We'll see. But that's it. That's it. All right. Closing thoughts. What what are you doing? What are you streaming? You know, you're finishing layers layers of fear too. Finishing layers of fear. Gonna start playing devotions on stream tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm gonna start nice. streaming at six so I can get a jump on playing it because I'm that excited. Um, I'm not finished <laughs> layers of fear yet. I'll probably finish layers of fear on Monday on my normal horror slot. But yeah, I just really want to play it. So that. And that's pretty much all that's going on on my plate right now. But um, for anybody new to the podcast, I stream on Mondays and Fridays on Twitch. My username is B, which I'm sure we probably have in the notes. Um, and we also have a lovely gaming community um, at our, or rather in our Discord. That's also linked in the show notes. So if you guys want to come hang out and just have some nice discourse about games with uh, fellow gamers who are not like everything you like sucks. Uh, we have that to offer. <laughs> yes. Please come on in. We'd love to see you there. Um, and send us an email, you know, even if you're in the discord or not, let us know what you're playing. It, it, it can be completely unrelated to anything we have discussed here. Just like we want to know about games that are getting you excited about 
game about about games in general like what what is bringing you back into the the grind or the story or the maybe it's just like this freaking game is beautiful mm-hmm. i just love to look at it are you uh, are you going to pre-order the play date are you are you getting that ps5 that you've been waiting for uh we just want to hear from you so have entered the chat at gmail.com that is also linked in the show notes always you don't have to memorize it uh come on over there and uh click on it send us a note and uh thanks for chatting with us as always our theme music is by azure flux our logo is illustrated by just call me katarina and uh if you're listening to this on a podcast platform that has a rating system or a comment system uh leave one because when new people find the show they like to see that others are there listening uh, and that there is a community here so uh do us a favor leave us a review or a rating it really helps us out thanks for chatting and we will see you next time